Stay tuned for The Turning Point with Mike Fader. This is Mike Fader. Uh, it's been a while. It's been a con, uh, maybe it's a couple of months now. And uh, I have to admit, I'm way out of practice, way out of practice. So <clears throat> you'll have to bear with me. Uh, it's been a couple of months of, uh, and still going on, still in the midst of it, of really serious health problems. Doctors, the usual tests, procedures, drugs, like a bad dream I'm having, like a bad dream. On the other hand, um, who am I to complain when we're all having a really bad dream? It's, um, it's a bad dream of Trump, a bad dream of Trump. Uh, it's one we all have in common, and it's like a nightmare that we can't wake up from. But, of course, it is reality. Uh, the trouble is every time, um, every time I hear President Trump, you know, I, can't, I still can't believe it. Am I the only one here? I mean, President Trump? It just doesn't seem right or that I must have fallen asleep uh, sometime in October or something. And now I wake up and uh, this this horrible thing is happening. President Trump and, and Trump and his assorted billionaires. I mean, all these people he's appointing to all these offices. I mean, this is really an unabashed, totally arrogant, you know, who gives a fuck takeover of the entire country. It's just taking it all back. Everything. It seems to me between him and the Republicans in Congress, and they're not even as bad as he is, except for some of them. But um, between uh, Trump and his uh, his gangster colleagues and his criminal relatives, I mean, Ivanka Trump and Jared Kushner. I mean, she's got a job in the White House. What is she doing in the White House? What does he have anything to do with it either? I mean, what does he know about anything? 
except how to make money. Although, you know, once in a while, maybe he takes a bashing. I think the other day he had a deal with uh, the Chinese, a gigantic $400 million, I think it was, real estate deal. I mean, he's a billionaire, too. And she is. I mean, this, this is really something. Never thought I'd lived so long after all the progress, back and forth, back and forth. I mean, even though it was with Nixon and then there was George Bush, you know, I mean, all of this stuff. But since I was a kid and way back in the 50s, things just seemed to get better and better. There was a, a kind of a common, generally accepted understanding by so many people, by many people, that, uh, that the government was uh, basically was uh, something that belonged at least somewhat to the people of the United States, to the citizens, to the voters of the United States. And, um, and all these laws and all these rules and everything that pass, and little by little, with you know, one, two, one step back, two steps ahead, one step back, two steps ahead, uh, Medicare, I mean, a, a million things. You know, um, people recognize, especially after, these, uh, these, uh, after the Vietnam War and all the revolutions of the 60s, the cultural and political revolutions, that uh, there was some concept originally of equality. Now I know that the original people who uh, who made up the uh, the government, you know, the formed the government of the United States, the founding fathers, and they were all fathers, which was part of it. Um, <clears throat> there were terrible flaws. I mean, terrible flaws were involved, but they imagined a system at least. And when they wrote the Declaration of Independence. They said all men should be, of course, all people. But, you know, people don't write like that, and they didn't write like that in those days. But all men are created equal. All. All of us created equal. And throughout our terrible history, hundreds and hundreds, a couple of hundred years, throughout all of this, uh, despite all the remaining brutality and viciousness and bad attitudes that people had in general— I mean, really, slavery, uh, women not able to vote, having no rights, uh, child labor, and no end to it. Seven-day weeks for people, no unions, um, poverty, whether you liked it or not, too bad, no help from uh, the government of the United States. You know, it's just too bad for you. So then <clears throat> in around the 1890s, we have, uh, you know, uh, the golden age, uh, the golden age for billionaires, right, the robber barons and everything. But things, little by little by little, got better. Uh, you know, in the end, I suppose you have to say that uh, when you look at the history very closely, that the capitalists and the rich basically retained um, and still retain some measure of power and control over the actual government itself. But, you know, not, not all of it. And little by little, things had gotten better. And then we come to a screeching halt, and now everything is being turned backwards. By this, and I, I don't think that the people who voted for him. I mean, we live in a celebrity culture, which has made people extremely um, ignorant, if not downright stupid. I mean, how else could a man like Donald Trump, um, <clears throat> a man with no feelings for other people, totally insensitive, uh, and incredibly ignorant about our history and about what's going on in the country, <clears throat> how could he wind up being elected president? It has to do with a celebrity culture, which is a whole different show to discuss. Um, but there he is, and the Republicans are uh, in charge of Congress. <clears throat> and soon when Judge Gorsuch, Gorsuch gets, um, gets approved, uh, despite whatever the Democrats are doing to stop it, he will be approved. It'll be another 5-4 court. So it'll be the Supreme Court, and it will be uh, the Republican-controlled Congress, and um, it's the executive branch, which has way too much power, of course. Um, just the other day, <clears throat> the Republicans, this is not the executive branch, but this is typical of the Republicans, just the other day, sped through Congress. I mean, you know, speedy approval of these bills. First the House of Representatives, then the Senate, or was it the other way around? I think it was the House of Representatives, then the Senate. Um, they approved a bill which essentially destroys Internet privacy. Everything that you ever do on the Internet, everything that every search every keystroke, everything you ever look at, everything you ever buy, every use of your, whatever it is, your credit cards, all of this stuff is going to be wide open and available to anybody who wants it to buy, who wants to pay for it from Comcast and Verizon and everything else. Now, I suppose, uh, I heard somebody say on the radio the other day that uh, 
we shouldn't have taken it for I mean, why should we have taken it for granted? All these are private companies. Why should we have taken it for granted that we'd be, you know, granted some privacy, that we'd be given privacy? But um, um, we were, and I guess we took it for granted because we still have a concept. Most of us have a concept, I suppose, the, uh, I guess, of a certain age, uh, maybe if you're in a slightly older generation, you have a, a concept left over from your education in school and maybe the various revolutions of the 60s, if you're an old guy like me, that uh, there is such a thing as equality. There is such a thing of freedom, freedom of speech, that people should be equal. You know, all men and women, all colors created equal. It's taken, you know, a couple of hundred years to get to this point. And now it's really uh, despairing, but fortunately also enraging, which is the good part, that, uh, that, uh, that this uh, ignorant, self-involved, uh, mercenary um, lunatic and all these billionaires that he's appointed are in charge. I mean, it's taken a long time for people to understand that we should have equality. Then all of a sudden this happens. But it has to do also with the, uh, the electoral system. And I've been watching, you know, it's, I suppose you may be the same as me, but I've been watching all this stuff on C-SPAN. I've been watching C-SPAN uh, don't do much in the world these days because of these various health problems I have. So unfortunately I'm spending too much time at home, but I watch C-SPAN a lot, which is absolutely fascinating. Listening to the radio, I'm listening to TV, and, you know, I'm reading the paper. And um, <clears throat> one thing is that I've, I've been looking at MSNBC. It's impossible to watch MSNBC. It's There's so many, first of all, most of the shows, especially, uh, I think it's Chris Matthews, the crosstalk and the interruptions are so egregious they people talk over each other they race to get their thoughts out because people interrupt each other and they cut each other short it's hopeless it's ridiculous you can't learn anything from it and then on the other shows i have never seen so many commercials it's astounding and it takes the <clears throat> it takes the value out of uh, out of what you're watching i mean you grab 10 or 15 minutes of chris hayes or rachel maddow and then bang you know it's all downhill commercials every two seconds for the worst sorts of things I'm going to have some water so you can take, take a break if you want. My clean canteen. <clears throat> all right. So, yeah, I'm watching all this stuff. And sometimes, I, 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 you know, I'm sure that other people feel the same way. It's so much news and it's so overwhelming and it makes you feel so helpless and it's so outrageous that it gets to be too much. You just can't stand it after a while. You just want to turn it off. I mean, it's just too much. I don't know. But still, you have to keep. You have to keep. Uh, you keep on it. You have to keep on it. You have to know what these thieves and what these pigs are doing, because otherwise, they just get away with it more and more and more. And to the extent that people um, can keep tabs on them, it's important. Anyhow, <clears throat> so I've been watching the House Intelligence Committee uh, and the hearings there, uh, which are astounding. Uh, sometimes they're just political showcases for people speaking. And um, but uh, sometimes uh, and the politicians are politicians, right? The head of this uh, House Intelligence Committee, this guy um, Devin Nunes, I think is uh, how you say his name. He's um, he's a political hack and he's a tool of the Trump administration. He was part of Trump's transition team. He's being fed classified, selected classified information by Trump and aides to Trump. This is probably illegal. It's certainly unethical. It's certainly not democratic. And uh, but the the ranking member, the Democrat on this committee is a, a brilliant, lucid, um, courageous man. Adam Schiff, I think his name is. And uh, this 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 is the hearing about Russian. Um, and this guy Schiff, uh, you know, says this guy and a lot of people say that Nunes shouldn't be at the head of this committee anymore. And he shouldn't be. He doesn't belong at the head of this committee. And, but it's all about Russian hacking of elections, which is astounding. Putin and Trump and his associates. And the Russians are <clears throat> seems to be outdoing everybody else in the world. And they really did interfere in our elections. They may have actually changed our elections, um, changed the results of the elections. And they interfere all the time. They uh, interfere in news sources. They interfere in, uh, in news reports. They interfere in—and um, in, who knows— what relationship, and all this admiration of Trump with Putin. Putin is um, a violent, um, violent, out-of-control dictator. 
I mean, in Russia, just the other day, I'm sure you noticed, uh, there were, and God bless them for their courage, tens of thousands of mostly younger Russians took to the streets in various Russian cities and towns and uh, to protest corruption. And when they say corruption, then it goes straight to the top. Putin and the oligarchs that run Russia um, are um, unbelievable. And these people took the, took, had the courage to turn out in the streets. Thousands of them were arrested, and who knows what's going to happen to them. Um, <clears throat> and um, more thousands were, um, were beaten and hurt, some of them very badly. And this is a Russia's a place. I mean, Putin was the head of the KGB, for God's sake. He's the head of the KGB. He is uh, insidious. And he is, uh, I mean, Putin is the one that cast his lot with, um, with Assad, you know, um, in uh, Syria. Is that his name? I forget that. I forget the head of Syria's name. But uh, he's, 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 he used his uh, warplanes and his, um, his warplanes to bomb uh, uh, people who are uh, trying to fight against the Syrian government. And I'm sure there's also some political and military, uh, you know, uh, complications involved there. But Putin, nobody could possibly be worse than Putin. He has people pushed out windows from the fourth floor. He, people who attempt to, uh, to express themselves or to organize any democracy movement there uh, die. They just get murdered. Um, uh, free speech people, newspaper reporters, nobody dares to say anything. And yet people still are, uh, are trying to push for freedom there. And uh, it's amazing to see the courage they have. But so Trump admires Putin. Trump uh, constantly admires Putin. You have to wonder, what is it? <laughs> the Russians and the bankers and the oligarchs and Putin, they have to have something on Trump. Trump is, um, I mean, not that Trump cares much what anybody thinks of him, but uh, part of this investigation of him on the House Intelligence Committee is not just about the Russian hacking the elections. It is now clearly all about the, all the complications and all the connections between the Russians and Putin and Trump and Trump's associates. I mean, it just comes out more and more and more all the time. Tens of millions, hundreds of millions of dollars, ultimately billions of dollars involved in bank loans uh, siphoned through the Russians and um, uh, loans from Russian oligarchs and, um, you know, the, to, to Trump's campaign associates or to people, you know, this guy Michael Flynn, General Flynn, who is the national security advisor who he had to fire because he was receiving money uh, from the Russians. <laughs> what world is this? This is like something that a novelist made up and people would say this is a, you know, a, a satire or a rollicking romp, not to, hardly to be believed. Oh, really? This is our government. It's, out, it's unbelievable and sad. That's what Trump always says at the end of his emails. Uh, he sends out some email and then he says at the end, sad. But the Russians have to have something on Trump. Trump is always saying, I don't have any investments and I don't have any um, connections to, uh, to uh, Russian investments or Russian businesses. But they must have connections to him that we don't know about because I believe that, uh, that they have a, a real strong hold on him, like a kind of a blackmail hold. And the, guy, the, the people that Trump does business with, not just the Russians, and Azerbaijan, I mean, he, Trump and his family these sniveling, you know, mercenary rats that uh, are his, uh, his, uh, his daughter and his, uh, his son-in-law, they and his sons, they do business with anybody. They do business with the worst governments in the world, dictatorships, monstrous dictatorships that murder their people, that steal from their people, to keep their people in poverty. This is who they do business with. This is who our president is and his family and his associates. But uh, it's interesting to see James Comey um, testifying. Uh, Comey, who screwed up Clinton really bad. I mean, Comey, I mean there, were there were complications there. It was a difficult situation for him in some ways. But in the end, he probably, not that Clinton was the best candidate in the world, for a lot of us wanted Bernie Sanders, of course. And we didn't want Clinton. She's just an another sort of centrist uh, millionaire. And who knows you know, her, what her connections are. They're not too kosher. But there's Comey, who, who um, by his behavior uh, with all these emails uh, and Clinton, essentially gave her a shove, and she went off the cliff, 
and he helped uh, get um, Trump elected. And maybe he feels a little guilty about that because I've been watching his testimony um, in front of the committee, and uh, he comes off as an extremely um, intelligent, articulate guy who has got his hands like right on the levers of everything. He knows where, where everything is. And he's, he's also obviously not backing down. He's an independent guy. He's independent, and he's running. The FBI is running under his direction an independent investigation of basically of the White House and Trump's connections um, to, uh, to Putin and the Russians. And it could turn out that there would be uh, multiple violations of the Constitution. I mean, Trump ultimately has got to be impeached, right? Do we not all hope that he's going to be impeached? He's never going to resign. Well, maybe he will. I always thought he would just get tired of it. It's just too much effort for him. But, uh, you know, maybe he's having too good a time. I mean, he, what he wants more than anything else is to, um, is, to be, um, is to be seen, is to be noticed. Obviously, he was not seen enough. He was not paid enough attention to him when he was a kid. You know, I get into the psychology of it. But uh, Comey comes off pretty well, I think. And um, uh, it's interesting to, uh, to think, uh, to remember that uh, actually um, the FBI director can be fired by the president. I was checking this online. And, of course, uh, whatever I check online will now be sold uh, to any. Uh, are you getting more calls all the time from robots and um, from people selling things. Uh, I have never in my life gotten so many robot calls and calls from places where people are selling vacations and things like that. I might get eight to 10 calls a day from these people. And um, you know, you, you pick up the phone, un unavailable number or some long distance number that you don't recognize, and right away somebody comes, hi, this is Amber calling. You requested you know, uh, a cruise information. Never got some money. It has something to do with the internet. But, um, but Comey comes off pretty well. And then this thing with the health care bill. I mean, that's really remarkable, absolutely remarkable. It was, um, I mean, when you looked into the details, obviously Obamacare is not what most of us, most of the uh, people listening to me, I assume, because I know I get your emails. By the way, if you want to get in touch with me, go to the Fader Files, F-E-D-E-R-F-I-L-E-S dot com, and there'll be a way there you can get in touch with me. Um, <clears throat> We all wanted the Medicare for all. We all wanted single-payer Medicare for all, which is the only intelligent, the only decent way to have a healthcare system. They have it in some European countries. They have it in Canada. Your taxes go up, but you get so much back for it, so much back for it. You don't have to deal with all the health insurance companies and the doctors and the hospital bills. I mean, that's what's happened to me the last couple of months and still happening to me. Gigantic bills, even though uh, my wife is covered where she works um, by uh, you know a private health insurance company, what's something we all would long for is Medicare for all, but this health care bill, and in the end, there was a triumph of sorts. Although no thanks to the Democrats. <laughs> uh, I mean, we need to you know. I mean, ultimately, Obamacare has got to go, but we don't want it to go uh, off the deep end and lose protection for like you know maternity leave and Planned Parenthood and and uh, mental health benefits and previous benefits and previous. Uh, conditions. We don't want all that. We want Medicare for all. And it's possible. It is possible. It just would involve uh, higher taxes. And not necessarily on all of us, but if we just, and then tax bills coming up now too. It, it, there are certain taxes. If taxes, if the corporations paid their taxes, if they weren't delinquent and all hide all their money overseas, and if the rich were made to pay what they really should pay, and if there was what's called a Robin Hood tax, a tax on, on, um, on taxes on every uh, stock and bond trade, those taxes would cost would cover the Medicare for all. But anyhow, it was kind of a triumph to see that he got uh, bashed him and the Republicans. And then this thing with immigrants, I mean, absolutely astounding. Uh, immigrants from Mexico building a wall and the travel ban from Muslim countries. It was good to see the courts, um, you know, uh, the federal courts um, reverse those things. But and and what. What I think everybody notices, too, it's not just what happens in Congress. It's these, all these executive orders that he signs. Uh, the, the, the office of the president, the executive branch, has gotten way too powerful over the years, way too powerful. This started with Roosevelt when he uh, rescued us from the Depression, and then he was the commander-in-chief, of course, during World War II. And little by little by little by little since then, 
the power of the executive has gotten way out of control to the point where um, you notice that Trump can change the course of, uh, of our daily lives in, in, in so many ways just by signing a piece of paper in front of him. Nothing to do with people, the citizens, testimony, with Congress, with courts, nothing, I mean, although the courts can review it. Um, you know, and this travel ban, thank God it was turned around. I mean, attacking immigrants like that. I mean, this is a country of immigrants here, a country of immigrants. And these executive orders, I mean, the other day he signed one um, about, um, about reversing uh, certain rules that Obama set in place that had to do with pollution. I mean, he, Trump has now put uh, vast amounts of public land, our land, right? Our land, your land, my land. This land is your land, this land is my land. No more, no more. He put vast amounts of public land. Um, he opened it up to coal mining, and he's reversing every kind of thing that Obama signed. There's, and he can get away with this stuff in all these executive orders. He can get away with all this crap because um, the Congress has basically sort of stepped back and not asserted itself, and the executive uh, branch has become so powerful you know, that they can get away with this stuff. But the Congress still exists. There's still a Congress, and uh, they have, even if it's their own, if his own party turned on him, and people are expressing themselves, even some of the same people. Of course, the very people that voted for Trump are being screwed the worst by Trump and his billionaires, and even the Republican Party. But they're hearing back from them, thank God. They're still in America, right? So we have to trust in... Uh, the workings of Congress and, of course, the midterm elections. Uh, We've got to take it back. got to take some of those seats back. Uh, and we have to trust in the courts. And absolutely, we have to trust in the press, in the free press, in the media. And we have to trust in ourselves. I mean, Trump and his, uh, Trump and his gangsters, uh, thank God, actually, uh, one good thing about this, America has been asleep for a long time. We've been lulled by the internet and by our smartphones and by our iPads. We have been um, connecting with each other on Facebook. We have been watching TV. And whenever there's, uh, I mean, I've signed a million things, and I guess I continue to do that on, uh, on the net. Can't, won't you just sign here as a sign petitions? But people, I think basically the country fell asleep and was not exercising its democratic power, the power of the people. And what... What's good about Trump, and I, I always said that I think sometimes, and this has happened in my own life, uh, you have to hit the bottom. You have to hit bottom before you sometimes, before you wake up and, and try to do the right thing and save yourself. I think we've hit bottom now. This celebrity culture, we've hit bottom. We've got Trump his, his, and his billionaires and his, uh, and his thieves and his family and all these people. It has stimulated. You could feel it. It has already stimulated and will continue to stimulate political, political action. People wake up. They organize uh, rallies. Uh, you know, uh, people take to the streets. People organize uh, to change the vote during the midterms. And because uh, I am an old guy, uh, naturally I think of the 60s, which was uh, my uh, what's called a heyday, and 60s and Nixon and Watergate. Um, America... Um, is an imperfect system. I mean, but it's, uh, and America also has, obviously has a terrible, terrible history. I mean, you go back and you look at uh, uh, the founding fathers and slavery and uh, the way, you know, I've been through this, and the way women were treated and the amount of poverty and, uh, and how the rich got away with just uh, unbelievable shit. You know, seven-day work weeks, 14 hours a day, child labor, people just dying from disease and poverty and illness because n nothing was being done to help them. And um, so it's had, America does have a terrible history, not to mention overseas, but certainly a terrible domestic history. And the way we treated the Indians, uh, <coughs> who were original immigrants themselves, off a land bridge uh, where the uh, Aleutians are, where the Bering Straits are now, where the Indians arrived, and up from Mexico probably originally too. There was no wall then. But uh, it's an imperfect system, and it has a terrible history. But the way it was constructed, um, with three equal branches of government, and uh, people having now, everybody having the vote, although the Republicans are still trying to keep people from having the vote, black people mostly in this country, 
and Latinos wherever they can get away with it. And they're still attacking women all over the place wherever they can get away with it. But still, so it always has to be a struggle. We always have to be um, aware and we always have to be awake and we always have to do something about it. But the system can be, imperfect as it is, can be absolutely thrilling when it really works right. And um, I think maybe let's hear from, um, <coughs> from an actor reading something that uh, President Lincoln once said. Four score and seven years ago, our fathers brought forth on this continent a new nation, conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. Now we are engaged in a great civil war, testing whether that nation or any nation so conceived and so dedicated can long endure. We are met on a great battlefield of that war. We have come to dedicate a portion of that field as a final resting place for those who here gave their lives that that nation might live. It is altogether fitting and proper that we should do this. But in a larger sense, we cannot dedicate, we cannot consecrate, we cannot hallow this ground. The brave men, living and dead, who struggled here, have consecrated it far above our poor power to add or detract. The world will little note nor long remember what we say here, but it can never forget what they did here. It is for us, the living, rather, to be dedicated here to the unfinished work which they who fought here have thus far so nobly advanced. It is rather for us to be here, dedicated to the great task remaining before us, that from these honored dead we take increased devotion to that cause for which they gave the last full measure of devotion, that we here highly resolve that these dead shall not have died in vain that this nation, under God, shall have a new birth of freedom, and that government of the people, by the people, for the people, shall not perish from the earth. Abraham Lincoln, Abraham Lincoln. And um, you could do without the music. Uh, but that was Jeff Daniels. Did you ever see uh, the TV special Gettysburg? It's one of the best things that's ever been done. I mean, an incredible TV movie about uh, the Battle of Gettysburg. Tremendous acting, all very real as far as historical accuracy. And Jeff Daniels is in that, stars as uh, a hero, uh, a colonel who won the Medal of Honor there for a big battle uh, that turned the tide of the, uh, of the Battle of Gettysburg. Anyhow, and what's important to remember is, I mean, this of the people, by the people, and for the people. That's it. Sorry, I yelled. Of the people, by the people, for the people. That's all we got to remember. That's what we have to work for all the time. That's what we have to struggle for all the time. That's the bottom line. That's the bottom line. And the other thing to remember with Trump and his, uh, his outrageous, disgusting behavior is this thing about immigrants, you know, trying to ban immigrants in this country, people who are trying to get here, who are dying by the tens, hundreds of thousands, even partially because of our involvement over there. But these wars, these internecine wars, and these wars uh, between religions, and it's not all our fault, of course, but the, the fact that we're so involved everywhere, and more and more all the time trying to kill everybody. Uh, we, you noticed just the other day that uh, the commander-in-chief here, Donald Trump, the commander-in-chief, gives you the chills, that he has let loose the military in a way, uh, which Obama never did, obviously. People said Obama was too cautious, and we still had ISIS, yes. And we, we're going after ISIS, and we need to go after ISIS. The whole world needs to go after ISIS. They're all mad dogs. But um, things are not as carefully controlled. And with Trump in charge, what does he care? Walls, dead people, you know, uh, no... Uh, no access to abortion, no voting rights, no, no clean air, no clean water. He doesn't care. 
And a lot of the Republicans don't care either. But uh, so he put this ban, uh, this travel ban on immigrants and good, good for the courts. This is the system working. The courts turn, turned it back on him. They wouldn't approve it. They wouldn't approve it. Um, immigrants, immigrants. Um, it's important to remember, I think, that um, we're all immigrants. We are all immigrants in this country. Every last one of us comes from immigrants. And uh, that's something that's been forgotten. Trump and his people act as if uh, their relatives didn't come from somewhere else. They all came from somewhere else. They all came from somewhere else. This is a country of immigrants. And that's partially what has made it so great. And all these people coming from these terrible places and they need to come here. I understand there's reasons, there's difficulties, but they need to come here. My grandparents are immigrants. Uh, we're all immigrants. Immigrants. My grandparents are immigrants. My grandmother was an immigrant. I think of my grandmother now a lot. I mean, they came here. All these people, my, my grandparents came here to escape this endless poverty and oppression. They came here to escape this, this terrible um, murder of their own people that was going on, these pogroms and this anti-Semitism overseas. And, but all the people I know, all my friends, a lot of their grandparents or their great-grandparents were immigrants. And I especially, I think of my grandmother this time of year. Uh, it's Passover. Passover is coming. And um, it's a whole other story. But, uh, you know, uh, she came here and, you know, she, she had nothing. She was dirt poor, like a lot of other people, a lot of uh, millions and millions of other immigrants. And she settled on the Lower East Side. And um, she finally made her way. You know, she had, she had seven brothers, my grandmother. And they were poor. They were poor people. And she settled on the Lower East Side. And um, they worked like dogs. A lot of them died in poverty, but they worked and worked and worked, and they got educated, her and all the other immigrants that have come here. And they worked their way up, and they worked their way up, and they became professionals, and they got jobs. And uh, her particular brand of immigrant, a lot of these uh, Jews from Europe, were extremely um, political. And in a very liberal, even very left-wing way, they brought a tremendous dose of this, thank God, to the country. <laughs> a tremendous dose of this. And so did a lot of uh, anarchists. And, uh, but there were socialists and communists and Marxists and everything. All this imported from Eastern Europe and then from Southern Europe, too, the Italians and other people. Um, so they, um, you know, they, they, they were the part, they injected this tremendous uh, vitality into into the American um, into the American um, cultural and political world, they changed things. They changed things. We need immigrants to come into this country. Yeah, we don't want to get blown up. We have to we have to vet people. We have to see who people are. Ninety nine point nine percent of the people, and you know, even a smaller fraction of the people who are coming, who desperately want to come into this country, who are starving and being murdered by people overseas, including us. You know, with our bombers. I mean, half the time now. 
when we're killing people in ISIS, we're killing hundreds of other innocent people in Yemen, in Syria. This stuff is completely out of control. We need to let these people come in. These immigrants are important. Um, you know, I, um, but I, you know, Passover's coming, and I'm thinking about my grandmother, and uh, if she didn't have this place to come to, um, what would have become of her family and her, her uh, descendants, you know? Would I have been here at all? And the suffering she went through. She came here. She had seven brothers and sisters. Finally, she, uh, she finally uh, was uh, coming here speaking no English. Uh, by the time she's 21, she graduates from Hunter College in New York City with a degree in classics and becomes a school teacher. Little by little by little, people worked their way up. And they got more and more, using free speech and a free press, they worked their way into things. And they, uh, so you have to celebrate immigrants. You have to celebrate immigrants. Many's the time I've been mistaken And many times confused Yes, and I've often felt forsaken And certainly misused Oh, but I'm alright, I'm alright Just weary Expect to be bright and bon vivant so far away from home, so far away from home. I don't know a soul who's not been battered. I don't have a friend who feels at ease. Don't know a dream that's not been shattered Or driven to its knees Oh, but it's all right It's all right For we lived so well so long Still when I think of the road we're traveling on What's going wrong? And I dreamed I was dying. I dreamed that my soul rose unexpectedly. And looking back down at me, smiled reassuringly. And I dreamed I was flying. And high up above my Statue of Liberty Sailing away to sea And I dreamed I was flying For we come on the ship They call the Mayflower We come on the ship That sails the moon We come in the ages Most uncertain hours And say Tomorrow's gonna be another working day And I'm trying to get some rest That's all I'm trying to get some rest So, yeah, it's been a long time. It's been two and a half months since I've been on the air here doing a new show, and I'm glad to be back. Once again, if you want to get in, this is Mike Fader. If you want to get in touch with me, go to the Fader Files, F-E-D-E-R-F-I-L-E-S dot com, and there'll be a way to get in touch with me. And while you're there, you can check out 
um, some poems that I wrote and um, uh, a lot of photos that I took. And you can uh, give me a response to that too. So in an awful way, like I was saying before, with the advent of Trump and his fascist oligarchical buddies with his criminal billionaires, um, we have to fight to protect whatever freedoms are left to us. And the, always the goal, of course, is real equality in every way for everyone. And we do whatever it is we can do now. I mean, um, uh, some of us maybe are a little too old to take to the streets and to get bashed by the cops and push back and forth, which is something a lot of us did back in the day. But uh, we have our own ways that we can, uh, we can participate. And it shouldn't all be, you know, I mean, whatever we can do, uh, uh, it shouldn't all have to be on the Internet, all on social networks. But, you know, you can't, uh, you can't um, in any way devalue that. I mean, that's the way things are these days. Uh, all these things, these tweets, Trump and his tweets. Can you believe that the president of the United States is tweeting? That's what birds do. He has a bird brain. Tweet, 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 tweet. I mean, can you imagine President Roosevelt or Eisenhower or Johnson or Obama tweeting? The man doesn't know anything. He's ignorant. They put bills and they put, uh, you know, the, the people like the Koch brothers and other people. Um, uh, Trump the other day, an executive order. Here's an example of an executive order. He approved the, uh, the XL pipeline from Canada, which brings the worst sludgy, tar sands, the most polluting, damaging uh, oil on earth, all the way across the country. Inevitably, there will be leaks, destroying the environment, destroying the environment. And where does this stuff go? It winds up in Galveston, Texas, where the Koch brothers, who are, you know, backers of Trump, have gigantic refineries, and they're set up to process this crude oil. They're set up to process this terrible, polluting oil. They're going to make billions of dollars. There's going to be several thousand jobs on this pipeline. And when it's built, there won't be any jobs. This is bullshit. This is stealing from us. This is making the air dirty and foul and, and less clean and the water less clean. This is actually poisoning the whole country. I always wonder, the Koch brothers and uh, Tillerson and Trump and all, all these people, don't they care about their children and their grandchildren? I know they don't care about anything else in the, I mean, they don't believe in, in climate change. Don't, why are they turning their backs on it? They're not really all stupid, all, except for Rick Perry and Trump. A lot of them are very bright people, Tillerson and all these people. Do they not care? I know they don't care about the earth. What do they care about the earth? Do they not care about their own kids, their own children? Anyhow, we have to do whatever we can do. And maybe all I can do right now, aside from signing online petitions, is do this radio show. So... Um, that's what I'll try to keep doing. And for me, sometimes it's uh, consoling. It is some, somewhat consoling to try to remember that uh, um, when I say we're all immigrants, I'm saying all immigrants to this country, but in a way, we're all immigrants in this world. In this world, we are all immigrants. This life, this life in which we attempt to love and be loved and to work and to struggle, it's transitory. It's transitory. We come from an unknown place, and we're headed for an equally unknown place. We don't know. And um, it can be, as I have experienced in my life and still am, it can be a very, very lonely journey unless we belong to some kind of family. We've got to be attached to something. Uh, our own immediate family, uh, obviously, or, uh, and or a work or a political family, maybe an artistic family. Uh, a religious family, right? Anything. Anyway, it's always been my lesson to learn, and I'm still learning it, and I hope I do learn it before I check out, that it's all about other people. It's all about other people. Nights and about 12 o'clock, this old world's going to relay and rock. Saints, we all tremble and cry for pain, for the Lord's going to come in his heaven airplane. <laughs>
Thank you very much for listening. This has been Mike Fader, and uh, I will see you soon. Bye. Except for the Pope, maybe. Yeah.